Is that too much light in the side shot? Um, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. all right. All right. Yeah. Okay. We're uh, getting our little as we as we get our makeshift studio here together. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. back together again yeah. in person. Wow, how about that? It's always fun when we can do yeah. uh do a show together in person. It is, and it's really funny because if you could see directly to our right right now this way, uh, we're how far do you think we are from the NASCAR building? Probably about 75 yards. 75 yards? Yeah. <laughs> I could throw a rock at it right now if I wanted to. It's, it's close. And the so. best part is the Hall of Fame is right there. And, and I, I just, I come here, I get excited when I even get near the Hall of Fame. So plus, much less a NASCAR building. Yeah, for real. I know we talked a little bit last week about how the Hall of Fame yeah. is finally back open. I hate that you are only here in Charlotte for the day. I wish we could spend the day yeah, and actually too. go over there and see Mr. Kelly and, and yeah. get a nice little tour of what they've yeah. got going on with those yeah. exhibits. But That'll be a next trip thing. Yeah, NASCAR thing, little little college football stuff, you know, to get to get get ready for. So that's great. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, and speaking of college football, uh, that segues us great here into our rundown for today because I think it's been about four weeks in a row now. I've said I hate that we ran out of time to talk about college football, so we are officially marking out the time to actually talk about college football. We are doing it. Um, that being said, though, I, I'm not going to touch quite as much on uh, what happened at Bristol. We'll talk a little bit about yeah. just the, the big stories there, and then we'll move into some of the uh, news that we heard this week. Obviously, some huge oh, yeah. silly season yeah. news has come out this week. And then we'll uh, briefly preview the weekend ahead at Vegas, and then we'll get into some college football talk. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, this is episode 20. And until the rest of the 2020 season, this is ep episode Eric Jones. So Yep, yep. Yes. Uh, we don't know who's filling that 20 car next year yep. yet, but um, it is fitting, like I said, because we've had some huge silly season news come out uh, just this week. So we will get into that in just a little bit. But first, Dad, let's um, let's talk about Bristol. Yep. Chat about the yep. last great Coliseum. I, I like to call Thursday night the Sam Mayer show, personally, because uh, that 17-year-old yeah. walked into Bristol, said step back guys, I got this, yeah. and then walked his ass right out with two trophies. So, I mean, How good is that? dang. And not only did he get his first truck series win of his career, but he hopped in the car immediately following and ran the ARCA race and led uh, 116 of 200 laps in the ARCA race yeah. for that win. Yeah. So that is now, I did some math, he has raced five times total in his career at Bristol, and he's won four. And, uh, and you know what? And this comes the week after they made a little announcement about his plans for next year with uh, Junior Motorsports. How cool is that? Yeah, that's right. That uh, part-time season in, in 2021 and then full-time right. in 22 for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And I want to note that that, uh, that deal that came together is actually part of the Chevy Driver Development Program. I don't think that's the, the correct term there. But um, basically, it's, it's something between Junior Motorsports and GMS and Chevy that they're working on to develop young talent. So uh, there's a couple drivers that have been in that program, Sam. And then I know that Zane Smith is another one that right, has benefited right. a lot from that program. Well-deserving, so. rising stars. Yeah. That, that, that the whole truck series is full of these young kids that just have incredible, just, just an endless potential in terms of, of, of their rising, their stardom and their future. Seriously, and, in, and this program has only been together for about two years. And yeah. in the two years, we've got Sam Mayer jumping up from ARCA to uh, race with Junior in the Xfinity Series. So, yeah. yes, Sam Mayer show on Thursday night at Bristol. It was a good one to watch and an exciting future ahead for him. But on Friday, Chase Briscoe, his wife tweeted that he said Friday morning that he said, I'm going to go out there and win. And she said, okay. And he did it. He went out there and won. <laughs> I mean, seventh yeah. win of the yeah. season for Chase Briscoe. Holy cow. First win ever at Bristol. And uh, a lot of competition there. I mean, obviously, fellow Ford driver, you know, Austin Sendrick was there, right there. But I, you know, Briscoe, it just, I mean, it's, what, how exciting is this playoff going to be for these guys? I mean, you got, you got those two guys, you got, you got all guy are there. I mean, so many, so many people are getting hot at the right time. And I think that just means that what's going to come, what's, ha what's happening uh, this week at Vegas and on is going to be, going to be fun to watch, even more fun to watch uh, with the Xfinity series. Oh, I have to agree. We actually had Xfinity Series Media Day this week, so I chatted with um, all of the Xfinity Series playoff contenders, and uh, it is quite the range in that field this year. I, I, personalities of of uh, talent, of just different structures of teams, it's really uh, kind of a neat field when you look at it. And uh, going back to, to Chase Briscoe, when I chatted with him this week, he was very, very confident heading into yeah. Las Vegas. So it made me laugh. I'm thinking, okay, if this is the guy that decides uh, the morning of Bristol that he's going to go out there and win it, he's pretty confident about Las Vegas this week. So um, 
I have a feeling we're going to see a pretty great performance from him this weekend. You know, I, I, I also think about the kid, the kid that, that just got into the playoffs in the Xfinity Series in 12th position. What a great story. You know, owns his own race team. Mm -hmm. uh, I Brandon mean, Brown. Brandon Brown. Just, I mean, just, I mean, here he is battling, you know, manufacturer-sponsored, supported, big team, you know, the Penske with, with Cindric. I mean, all these, and yet he comes in there and does it himself. I mean, the old-fashioned way. Right. He just earned it. And, and, and he's just trying to get some help from anybody or, you know, but he just, I mean, for, those, for that kid to be in the playoff, that says a lot. I, I hope, I would love to see that Cinderella story continue through the playoffs. Oh, me too. I mean, if you guys have listened to the show at all, you know that we are big fans of the underdog. We love yeah. a good Cinderella story. And yeah, Dad, I was telling you in, in chatting with all the drivers this week, you know, you've got some of these guys, like I said, Briscoe or Cindric, that are so confident and, yeah. uh, you know, just very, um, I guess, confident's the right word. Very poised, very ready for the playoffs. Right. And then right. I talked to Brandon and Brandon is just over the moon, you know? I mean, he's like, I'm at playoff media day right now, you know? <laughs> and he, he was so excited to be there. And, um, Something that I thought was so cool about chatting with him was when you look at this first round, the general consensus between all of these Xfinity Series drivers is, okay, we've got Vegas and then two wild cards, Talladega and the Charlotte Roval. So everybody's trying to get themselves up real pretty after Vegas. so They don't have to worry too much yeah. about those two wild cards. Well, Brandon Brown says, are you kidding me? I've got two opportunities here <laughs> that I could run incredibly well because these are wild card tracks. And, and you know, in, along the same lines, he said the same thing about not having practice and qualifying. A lot of guys are complaining and Brandon said, this evens the playing field for me. Yeah, yeah, um, and I absolutely. just thought that was really cool. So if you're looking for a great underdog to watch, if you're looking for a Cinderella story to root for, and also if you're just looking for a hardworking guy to support, Brandon Brown is your guy. Runs his own race team, uh, just moved up here to Morrisville in the past year. Just a good one to watch. So I'm excited to see him run. You know, it, you know that that kid reminds me. You know, some people say pressure, oh, pressure at Talladega. You can't, you can't control. It's, 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 it's the wild card. You don't know what's going to happen. And Brandon says, "Hey, it's an opportunity. I can get out there, and it, something. It may mean my turn to get something done and make something happen." And the Roble, well, right row. I mean, you can, <laughs> you can, you guys can can step up and 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 make it and make a difference for themselves by driving the car in the Roble. And sometimes. Uh, you know, the big team, the big money from the big teams doesn't make as much of a difference on a Roval as it would on, on some of the other tracks. Reminds me of like a third-string quarterback gets put in the game late in the game, final seconds, and they say, you're only going to get a couple of snaps. And the kids say, yes, I'm going to get a couple of snaps. Or, yeah. And I don't care if it's a third-string offensive line or four-string receivers. I'm in the game, and I get to do what I do best. So I, that's Brandon Brown's approach. I love that. Yeah, I love it too. He's he's very optimistic heading into this first round. So good one to watch. Well, Dad, let's wrap up the uh, action from Bristol. Harvick earned his ninth win of the season. Holy cow, yeah. happy Harvick yeah. is just rocking and rolling through these playoffs. But uh, the bigger story there was that Kyle Busch was the one chasing him down through those final laps. Uh, unfortunately, Kyle did not get his first win. He's still looking for that one this season. But he finished second, which, you know, on paper would seem pretty great if, if you're uh, yeah. that 18 team and you're still looking for a win. Kyle uh, begged to differ. And, you know, that's just, that's just Kyle Busch. He is a winner at heart, and he knows that, and he is not going to take second. I, I think Kyle actually would have rather come in dead last than come in second place. I, I can't tell with him. I think that stings even worse, knowing he was so, so close. Well, the old saying is, show me someone who doesn't mind losing, and I'll show you a loser. Kyle hates to lose. I mean, mm -hmm. no one wants to lose. But especially in a place like Bristol, you haven't won all year. You're the winningest active driver at Bristol Motor Speedway. He's won eight times going in there and uh, probably had a better finish than he had a car. Uh, maybe it was a fifth place car and he finished his second. He's driving sideways his last few laps, trying to catch Harvey. Couldn't get there. Frustrated because he figured maybe this is our chance to win. And then his frustration uh, with traffic, he made the comment about Joey Logano. You know, not you know, that's why you don't have a lot of friends. Well, you know what? At races, a lot of drivers will tell you. I remember Dale Earnhardt said, you know, I, I, friends are people you go hunting and fishing with, not people you race with. And, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of, in, in, in response to that, and Joey Logano was asked this week on a show, you know, I don't have a lot of friends at the racetrack. He said, because pe those people at the racetrack are trying to take food off my kid's plate, which is a, a strange way of saying it, but they're trying <laughs> to beat me. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. They're trying to beat me, and I'm there to beat them. And so 
Um, you know, I, I think that like I pre-race when back when they used to have pre-race when they had the stage out there and do driver introductions before the COVID. Um, the good be, old days. Yeah, the good old days. I'd be back there <laughs> wanting to do an interview on ESPN. All these drivers are backstage and there, and I can see this guy talking to this guy. And I realized, oh, wait a minute, they're sitting there just chatting. And I'm thinking to myself, I know this guy doesn't like that guy. And I know that guy mm-hmm. certainly doesn't like that guy, but they're talking. And the difference is you can be friendly without being friends. And mm-hmm. so I think, I think a lot of guys are cordial and friendly, but they're not really friends. And so, you know, Joey Logano's point is I'm not friends. Now, the question is, could he have gotten out of the way when Kyle was coming up there? There isn't a lot, isn't a lot of room to get out of the way at Bristol, in fairness to Joey. Uh, and Kyle's frustrated trying to catch Harvick. You know, it's, you know, my question is, you know, if you, the announcer said it, they said if Kyle catches Harvick, Harvick's given Kyle a few shunts here and there, it'll be payback time for Kyle. I would like to have seen Kyle get to Harvick, you know, if, if he did, did turn him or just do a little bump and run, mm-hmm. because I'd like to see Car- Harvick after the race was over, and uh, that would have been a good scene. But he didn't get there, and who knows if Logano was the reason or not. But as you said, uh, Kyle Busch was frustrated. And then in the post-race uh, interview said, we'll be out of the playoffs in the next uh, in the next segment, I I don't know. I, you know, the old saying is, what do they say about history? History repeats itself. What happened last year with Kyle Busch? He won the last race of the year at Homestead, won a championship, second championship. So you know, you don't know. I I I, I there's no way I count Kyle Busch out uh, as we start uh, the the round of twelve. Let us not forget, Kyle Busch is the current reigning champion. I mean, we, we can't, we cannot forget that. That yeah. is a very important detail. Um, and there are still three races left before the next cutoff. So for Kyle, you know, obviously that, that, that comment is coming from a place of discouragement and a little bit, I have to wonder if he's, if the pressure's starting to, to eat at him yeah. a little bit, I don't know, but, um, that, that rubbed me a little bit the wrong way because I'm like, come on, Kyle, you know, you got a whole team behind you. You still got three more races and, and don't count yourself out yet. But yeah. um, what also kind of, I, I took, I don't know. Something I thought was interesting coming out of that was, was it, it, the mentions you said about Joey not getting out of the way, yeah. but, but yeah. Kyle also kind of called out a few other um, younger drivers, smaller, smaller team operations that he also claimed were kind of uh, causing hin- hindrances for him or being in his way as far as lap traffic goes. And some of those guys came back to Twitter and just said, basically I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't, you know, I'm trying my best here and I thought I got out of the way, but I I can't, I'm I'm not meeting your standards, Kyle. But you know, where I, where I struggle with that is Joey Logano, however many laps down or whatever, he's still fighting for a championship. If Joey wants to race Kyle, let him race Kyle. That's literally the sport, you know, now, cordially would 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 you like to think that joey would get out of the way of the two uh cars battling for the lead yeah but does joey have every right to race kyle if he wants to heck yeah they're fighting for the same goal so you know what i get it i get it but i think it's going to cause um a lot of interesting tension like you're saying some of those interesting you know on the grid conversations that we could see uh, come out in the next. And this weeks. weekend at Vegas, I mean, uh, Joey Logano won won at Vegas back in February. That's that's Kyle's home track, although he's only won there once in a Cup yeah. car. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see when those two guys are on the racetrack at Vegas. Vegas is attracted so fast, and the, the corner speeds are so fast, so you really can't you can't play games there. But you can. Uh, I, that'll be that'll that dynamic will continue that, as the playoffs continue, and I, it, it'll be interesting to watch that. Uh, as as it, it develops, and you know, here's the thing: you can't, you know, you know, the idea. Behind, years ago, there were a couple of NASCAR superstars. I remember this happening. They went to Bill France Jr. and said, you know, this race traffic is just getting bad. These these guys that are a lap down, two laps down, they won't get out of the way, and we're trying to pass them. And they were pointing the finger at Dave Marcus. And Dave Marcus was an independent driver who did, he used every penny and dime he had he could get to race. He didn't have the cars, the equipment. He would get used stuff from people with Richard Childers. Others were kind enough to loan him stuff and give him. Earnhardt helped him buy tires because he would test for Earnhardt when he wanted to go hunting and stuff. But, you know, and Bill France said to those drivers, he said, if you didn't have people like Dave Marcus and others there to pass, it wouldn't be a race. He said, that's why you're who you are. You've got to pass those guys. And they're driving their tail off. They said, well, they're, they're in the groove. Well, where do you expect them to be? They're trying not to lose a lap. They're trying not to, to get a finish. You know, they're finished. And what they get in that, in that, in that payout determines, you know, whether they can buy an engine or mm-hmm. whether they can pay this bill or that bill or pay, you know, so, so yeah, if those guys aren't there for you to pass, we don't have racing and you don't have a job. So shut up and drive. That was basically 
Bill Francis, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> I, I added to shut up because I think that's something Bill Jr. would have said to him because, hey, you know what? Love you guys. Great champions. But shut up and drive because if you don't have that guy there to pass, you know, it's not a good race. And I want that guy there. I want the Dave Marks there. And so there are people who may be a lap or two down that are really hard to pass. They're great race car drivers. You know, Ryan Newman is as good a race car driver out there. I think if his equipment was better, he'd be, he'd be winning races. But he drives he drives 10 tenths every single lap, mm -hmm. and he's hard to pass. You know, so what? Hey, pass him if you can. If you can't, then stay behind him. Yeah, no, I agree. It's funny you say that. Ryan Newman is notorious for being the toughest guy to pass on the racetrack. And you know what? It goes back to Joey Logano. Ryan Newman has every reason to race you as hard yeah. as, as as he can. Hey, so. That's a guy I want to hire. I want to hire the Ryan Newmans of the squad. They're going to get out there and give you everything they've got. I mean, you may be driving a sled, you know, in a, or, you know, in a, in a, you know, in a speedboat race, but you still out there, you're going to do the best you can. And yeah. Absolutely. So yes, a lot of frustration for Kyle coming out of Bristol. I think it's a combination of a lot of things, obviously still looking for that win, second place finish. And then you said it when you said we're headed to Vegas. I hadn't thought about that. You know, it's his home track and he's not confident there. I asked him about it during media day and he kind of scoffed a little bit and was like, yeah, I mean, it's my home track, but I don't get a lot of success there. So there's a lot of combinations here right now where we're looking at the, the season yeah. that he's, oh, he's yeah. struggling with. All right, let's talk about some uh, rumors this week before we get into the big silly season news. Um, again, rumors is the key word here. Uh, nothing that we are going to talk about as far as the 2021 schedule has been confirmed, but it is still fun to get excited about the potential. Especially, Can we walk across the street and confirm it? I mean, yeah, right? I was going to throw a rock at the window and hold up yes or no. Hey, on, by the way. Yeah, right? Yeah. Before we before yeah. we announce hey, this, can you give me a yes or no, Steve? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steve's yeah. like, don't. Don't even play with yeah, me. Yeah, well, um, exciting potential for 2021. Yeah, we could, for the very first time, see stock cars competing on circuit of at Circuit of the Americas, CODA, um, which would be huge. And if we continue the schedule the same way we have it now, that could mean oh, yeah. five road courses on the Cup Series schedule. How cool is that? I mean, That's wild. I love it. Well, Circuit of the Americas. Remember a couple of years ago when Tony Stewart, took a stock car down there and ran an exhibition during the Formula One weekend. And everyone said, whoa, that, that's cool. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the sound of that stock car. Now, granted, compared to Formula One cars, you know, that are so nimble and fast, you know, it probably looks slow. But, you know, the, it, that Circuit of the Americas, it's a three, if you're not familiar, it's in Austin, Texas, which is one of my favorite towns to go to. It's where, they, where the University of Texas is. Great town to go do college football, restaurants, you know, this, this, the, this the outdoors are great, great. I love restaurants. I love you know, we all love restaurants. But, but anyway, Circuit of the Americas is a 3.426 mile uh, road road course that is just phenomenal. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. The way it's set, uh, you could eat off the grass anywhere in that course. It's just gorgeous. Um, it's uh, and so what a great venue. IndyCar goes there. Sports cars are there. Formula One, obviously, the Grand Prix have been there. So if if indeed NASCAR goes there, and 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 the rumor is, as you mm -hmm. started to say, mentioned they were going to take one of the races away from Texas Motor Speedway, which is three hours north mm -hmm. uh, in Fort Worth, um, and give it to Circuit of the Americas, but in exchange, so Texas, which has been such a vital, played such a vital role in, in NASCAR's competition and support Eddie Gossage, I mean, one, mm -hmm. in my opinion, one of the, one of the best you know, promoters uh, in the history, not just now, but in the history of NASCAR, um, and that, you know, that puts him in a pretty good category with the Humpy Wheelers mm -hmm. of the world, et cetera, but Eddie, would, would get the all-star race at Texas right. Motor Speedway. He would still have one race plus the all-star race. So that's cool. And, you know, and the word is the all-star race may begin to sort of migrate around uh, to other tracks, which after being at Charlotte all these years, which I think is great. This year at Bristol, we had a great time. Yeah. I thought um, the all-star race was a landmark event because it had fans back, et cetera. So I think that's going to be great. If that happens, if right. that happens and Texas gets the all-star race and then one race can go to the Circuit of the Americas, then that's another step with NASCAR evolving and uh, you know, and, and what's happening uh, with this leadership. And I, I think it's, um, and, and now that 2021, but 2022, when you get the new car, mm -hmm. that's going to be really geared to road and street racing, going to be much, much easier to adjust and be much more nimble. Uh, I think it's really going to open up even more venues like that for NASCAR. 
I definitely agree. And I love what you said about Eddie Gossage and being such a great promoter. And, and it really, it gets me excited because the potential, well, first of all, the potential of having the all-star race at Texas is, is huge because what Eddie could do with that. I mean, I joke, I love to call him, you know, mad scientist Eddie over there. Cause he's throwing seven 11s in the infield and just doing fun stuff like that. But what, what he would do is with that all-star race, you have to believe would be uh, so spectacular. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and then to take it even further, the potential of moving this all-star race around. I mean, can you not imagine this becoming a little bit of a track promoter? We're trying to one up each other every year and well, put on an even better show this year, Jerry Caldwell and the folks who I love at Bristol Motor Speedway they had 30 days. They got a call. Uh, they were, I mean, everybody was, was watching what was happening and they couldn't have done a better job. So, you know, great job by, by Bristol. And then next year you take that venue and you, you, you expand it at Texas with Eddie Gossett's Oh my God. I can't wait. I mean, mm -hmm. I can't wait what, what could end up. And so I think that's going to be fun to watch. And here again, it's a rumor. It hasn't been confirmed, right. I don't think. I don't see anybody waiting. Yeah, no us. one's told us yet to stop talking. No one's so. given us a thumb up. Yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah, but <laughs> I, think, I think it's happening. Yeah, I, I, I would uh, – I'm very excited about it. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, but one thing that has been confirmed for next year that we touched on a little bit that I'm also very excited about is, is obviously we're race, racing in Nashville. So um, just, you know, just wanted to kind of uh, update you guys on what we know and what we, we might see coming for that 2021 schedule because, believe it or not, it's seven weeks away from being the end of the 2020 season, which uh, blows my mind, but it's coming quick. So looking forward to it. We'll let you guys know when things are actually confirmed. Um, but until then, get excited because there could yeah, be some yeah. awesome changes coming. Yeah, and 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 I hopefully when we begin next year, next season, we'll still be talking about the fabulous finish of this year, which I think it's going to be great. All three series, you know, the trucks and Xfinity and Cup. I think it's going to be it's going to come down to a slugfest. And going to Phoenix that last weekend, mm -hmm. well, that's going to be fun. You know, and I want to say too, it's because of what the tracks have done and how accepting the fans have been to the changes that we've seen this year, yeah. some, some planned and some not, uh, that NASCAR is able to take chances and make adjustments uh, going into the next few seasons, like moving the all-star race to Bristol. It was because that was received so well by yeah. everyone and Bristol did such a great job that we can go try new things. You know, the fans commit, but to say, I'm going to follow the rules. And I think if we all follow the rules and well, hopefully, that's what we're going to see in college football as we start to see more and more fans, uh, 20 to 25% fans occupy these big stadiums now starting this week and next, um, that we'll, we'll, we'll be able to be safe and continue to have sports with fans in attendance. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's, we've got to continue to do our part, and we'll slowly but surely get back to, to somewhat of normal. But, um, man, all right, let's just get into it because I, some of the biggest news – dropped this week in in recent NASCAR history, quite honestly, and I am over the moon about it. So Denny Hamlin announced officially this week that him and his good buddy, NBA champion, six-time NBA champion, I believe, uh, Michael Jordan, are starting their very own race team. Single car operation, and they will hit the track next season in 2021. Oh, and their uh, driver is uh, – Mr. Bubba Wallace. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. I mean, I, how great I, is that? I just, I can, you cannot underestimate how big this announcement is for the sport, for just the sports world, for bringing new NASCAR fans in. I mean, look at how many people were interacting with Bubba and Denny just on social media after the announcement came out saying, I want to go to a race. Yeah, I want to yeah. be in a car. I mean, it's just so cool. And to, to have somebody like Michael Jordan respect NASCAR enough to want to get this involved in it, I mean, you you can't underestimate how big that is. Well, Michael's from North Carolina, and mm -hmm. he's been a he's been a race fan for years growing up, racing motorsports, and, and I think he's really liked he's liked motocross. He's really liked you know the, the the motorcycle racing. He's gone to some motorcycle races. He's seen it other areas, but uh, and and years ago, uh, Michael Jordan, who played college basketball in North Carolina prior to going on to this uh, this incredible NBA career. Um, and Brad Doherty. And Brad Doherty grew up in Black Mountain, North Carolina, was a huge NASCAR fan, huge Richard Petty fan. So they played together. When Brad Brad was living in Daytona Beach and I was living in Daytona Beach, Brad and I would fly back together on weekends after I'd be back flying back on Sunday after a race, and Brad would be coming in for the few days after an NBA game, and we would visit. And Brad was telling me about how he was uh, when he was when he was getting, was getting married, uh, he had I think Michael might have been his best man. Mm -hmm. And so they, they he said, I got I got a great idea. Michael's going to fly into Daytona. We have a big party here, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then sometime before or after the wedding, 
and I told Brad it probably should be before because after the wedding there's something called a honeymoon. Uh, you probably need to leave. Yeah, you but, got new new duties, new <laughs> obligations. Yeah, you can't say, "Honey, I'll be right back." I'm taking, but gotta go know, to the track. I, the whole idea was to take Michael Jordan out to Daytona and put him in one of the pace cars and run laps at Daytona mm -hmm. and get him all fired up, knowing how Michael likes motorsports anyway. But get him on that track at Daytona and then get him get him pumped about maybe coming in and being an owner with Brad because Brad had a had a truck team and a part ownership and an Xfinity team back then in the early years. And uh, but he said, if I can get Michael involved, then we can go cup racing. Well, uh, I said, well, how'd that work out? And Brad said it rained all weekend. Uh, you know, we, we couldn't go to the racetrack. And as soon as the wedding was over, Michael got in his plane, I think flew to the Bahamas to go to one of the casinos or somewhere. So, so the chance of getting Michael in a car on, at Daytona. But then fast forward, Denny Hamlin said it was 11 years ago that Hamlin was at a Charlotte Bobcats game, then they were called. Uh, and uh, he, he met Michael Jordan. And Michael and they hit it off, became instant friends. And, and Hamlin would start, was a big basketball, NBA basketball fan. He said, Michael, sign me. I became the first NASCAR driver uh, to wear the, the Jordan gear, the Jordan brand. Yeah. He said, so that we became friends. And I remember a few years later, we're doing, they're doing the finale, the championship weekend at Homestead. And I'm covering Hamlin's pit. And I look around the corner and, you know, I'm in the standing up pits with, and you know, and there's, there's, uh, there's MJ, there's Michael Jordan standing there, you know, and very, very discreetly. He's not there to get himself. He's there just to support Denny Hamlin because Denny had a chance to win that championship and they had an issue that day and uh, di didn't quite get it done. But, but he was there. So that relationship has been going on for a long time. So I think now with uh, Denny being a minority owner and, and Michael Jordan being the first majority uh, African-American owner in NASCAR, um, you know, you know, since Wendell Scott, back basically going back and quite honestly, when Wendell ran in the late sixties and early seventies, he was a, he was he owned his own car, mm -hmm. so it's a landmark in that. And then for Bubba Wallace to be able to be named the driver, uh, that's that's cool. And by the way, what Denny does, uh, Denny sort of dodged the questions this past weekend at Bristol. Hey, are you getting are you bidding on the on the Bob Germain charter that they're folding that team and and Germain may be getting out for a while. And then he said, well, I, I, you know, he sort of hemmed and hawed. Yeah. Well, then they made the announcement. So uh, so the good news is they're coming in. Bad news is Jermaine, who's been a, a great part of the sport for a long time, and Ty Dillon, who's his driver, is going to be looking for a ride for next year. And hopefully someone will – there are some rides out there. Well, right. Hopefully someone will pull, put Ty in the car because the young man – you know, uh, is a heck of a chauffeur, is a heck of a driver, and he's a good kid too. Right. So I think he's a really, really good for a sponsor. So hopefully that'll happen. But yeah, big news, MJ, Denny Hamlin, so that Denny can maybe evolve eventually into maybe owning his own team or owning, you know, is if they expand that team, Denny can be a majority owner in another car that would come in. Who knows down the road what would happen? So, uh, so really good. That's a, that's a big, big check mark for NASCAR this week. Oh, huge. And, and I'm so glad you put uh, a lot of emphasis on what Denny's done because it's really easy, you know, in this announcement to, to see uh, Michael Jordan's name and see it, yeah, the MJ yeah. and the Jumpman brand and 23 and, and get excited about, you know, the fact that he's entering the sport. But what Denny has done is, yeah. is phenomenal. And we've got we've to gotta give props to him because um, from my understanding, the uh, purchase of the Jermaine Racing Charter was primarily Denny Hamlin uh, himself and getting Michael involved is, uh, yeah. you know, another element to Denny starting his own team. And I think that that is so important to note because um, this is a Michael Jordan announcement, but this is as much a Denny Hamlin announcement. And as much as Michael is, is bringing to the sport and doing for the sport and creating this team, Denny is is the man behind the curtain. That, that's, a, that's a big shot in the arm for NASCAR. NASCAR being able to compete we back up a few months during during the prime as we're as we're in the the COVID and the quarantine, finding a way to compete safely at Darlington, mm -hmm. and then localizing it with tracks in Charlotte with 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 the help of Marcus Smith. But what Steve Phelps um, and Jim France, you know, you know Mike Hilton, those guys have done really has taken NASCAR from being one of the major league sports to being the major league sport uh, that that's going to get incredible props for 2020 and deservedly so competing safely, keeping the drivers safe, giving television and people watching at home who've never watched a race, something to watch a chance to see NASCAR and become a fan. And then suddenly sponsors say, Hey, you know, you're competing and we want to be a part of this. And so sponsors have come on board, uh, new tracks, new series, 
fans are coming back. So a lot of positives for NASCAR. Well, let's talk about Bubba and let's talk about yeah. why that works because Bubba Wallace, I mean, obviously having his career over there at Richard Petty Motorsports and then announcing this year that he's leaving since that announcement. And even before that announcement, Bubba has done nothing but bring on new sponsorship. And that is so commendable for him. Yeah. I mean, he's brought on huge names like, like Cash App and, and DoorDash. And uh, Columbia. That's, and Ma- Columbia, and that's right. Is McDonald's. I, we're not, I love their burger, speaking of food. Hey, fries. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but no, and that's, that's why that's going to work. Because, you know, you're looking at the powerhouses like Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin uh, running the operation. Right. And then you've got a guy like Bubba Wallace that himself is bringing so much to the table for this team. And I, the three of them together is just going to be yeah. such a stellar team. And man, I, I'm so excited for Daytona already to see, yeah. to know that, that, and we don't know a car number yet, but one can assume that it might be a 23. I mean, that would be a pretty good guess if you were going to take one. Go um, huh? But to think about a 23 car, you know, taking the green flag at Daytona, uh, Michael Jordan just behind it all. I really just think that it is just so exciting for our sport. And and, and the home of NASCAR being here in Charlotte and that meaning yeah. so much to uh, – Michael meaning so much to people that live here in Charlotte and in yeah. the Charlotte area, it, it is bringing – the entire Charlotte family together in support of NASCAR. Yeah, I, love I, lo- I, lo- I love how inclusive that is. And, and let me just take a wild guess as to what kind of sneakers you think the over-the-wall guys will be wearing for those pit stops. <laughs> you think that'll have anything to do with Michael Jordan? Ooh, I want to be on that team. Rocking like Adidas? Air Jordans no, going over the wall? No, 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 no. Oh, how cool is yeah. I didn't even think yeah. about that. Yeah. Dang, all right. Okay. They're anyway. going to have some sweet shoe game down yeah. there on yeah. Pit Yeah, yeah. I may oh, have man. to yeah, throw them a pair of my New Balances because they're great too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't have any Air Force Ones, Dad? <laughs> You no. can borrow a pair of mine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, thanks. I can't afford them. Uh, <laughs> okay. But, um, well, let's get into uh, some more silly season news because okay. uh, despite the huge announcement that we heard on Wednesday, I believe it was, uh, one day prior, Ross Chastain announced that he's going to make the jump from the NASCAR Xfinity Series to the NASCAR Cup Series, and he's taking over that 42 car for Chip Ganassi Racing. So uh, what that means is that Matt Kenseth won't be back next year in any kind of right. full-time capacity. Um, I don't know if that was a big surprise for for anybody. I think Kenseth enjoyed stepping in, but I think that um, Chip Ganassi is obviously looking for for more stable, uh, younger, full-time talent. Um, and I think that's exciting for Ross. Yeah, a lot of the big teams like the Ganassis and the Childresses and the Hendricks and the Gibbs, they all have these developmental programs. And Ross Chastain signed with Chip Ganassi Racing, I think, in 2018 as a mm-hmm. development driver. And in fact, this year, when Ryan Newman was injured uh, at Daytona while he was recovering, uh, the uh, the Roush Fenway folks, Steve Newmark, had to go to had to go basically to Chip Ganassi and say, "Hey, can we put Ross Chastain in that six car to sub for until we can get Ryan back?" He says, "Sure, no problem." He said, "It helps me because it gets him experience, and uh, it also helps you." So uh, I'm thrilled that that Chip Ganassi is going to do that with Ross Chastain, uh, the melon man, the watermelon man, mm-hmm. or whatever a Florida kid that, that, that came up through the ranks and so and give him a chance to drive the 42 car. So, um, you know, that, that answers that fills one of the seats and now that, uh, and, and good for Ross. And now mm-hmm. the questions are, you know, what about some of the other ones that are open, but at least we know, and I'm sure Matt Kenseth who had retired a couple of years ago and came out of retirement as a favor at the age of 48 said, you know what, Matt, Matt sort of went into retirement because he said, I still got the ability to win, but I want to get an equipment that I can win with. And so right now, you know, uh, it's tough over there. I'm sure he's doing the best he can. I know he's doing the best he can. That's the kind of guy he is. But uh, to get a young driver in there, and 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 Matt, is, is the old saying is, don't want to teach an old dog new tricks. Is the sport is changing so much in terms of the cars mm-hmm. in the next couple of years. So it's good to get a young driver in that can learn as the cars are developed. Yeah, that's a really good. That's a really good point as far as uh, from Matt Kenseth's side of things. And 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 with Chastain, one of the first things I thought about too is just the personality that he's going to bring to the cup series, because uh, again, playoff media day this week, I, I chatted with him and, and he has fully leaned in to this idea that a lot of people think he is a bit too aggressive on the track or, or, or maybe um, I think he thinks some people have been maybe labeling him as a bit of a villain role on the racetrack. And his response to that is, I don't care. 
I want to win and I want to win so bad that I'm going to go out there and race my butt off. And if that means aggressive racing, then that's aggressive racing. And, and I just, I love that because then he's also the nicest guy you could ever have a conversation with. And he's, you know, a a family man and he's, and and he's, he says, I don't care if you think I'm a villain. And then he smiles and talks about the watermelons he's bringing to victory lane. So uh, just a good guy. And I think an awesome personality to add to this cup field. But the biggest thing, I don't want to say biggest thing, but one big thing for me uh, as, as such a big fan of the NASCAR Xfinity Series is that what's going to happen at college racing? I mean, that's a pretty big powerhouse right now in the Xfinity Series. And I know Justin Haley hasn't re-signed his contract with Colleague. That doesn't mean Ross couldn't come back and still run some Xfinity Series races for them. Right, I definitely right. could see that happening. AJ Allmendinger, much like uh, a Matt Kenseth, has kind of come out of retirement here to uh, get back in a car, knowing he still has the potential to win and has oh, yeah. proved yeah. that there this season. So there's a lot of potential with changes at Colleague. And um, for a team that's actively growing and really starting to hit their stride in the Xfinity Series, I'll be anxious to see what 2021 brings for them. Well, I, let me let me back up. You know, um, Justin Haley. Okay, if, mm-hmm. if you're a, if you're if you have an established Cup team, and you see what Justin Haley has done. Uh, when he's given a chance to drive in a cup car, you had to be impressed. Here's a young guy that has ability, has talent, has aggressiveness, but is smart enough on the racetrack to, to take what the, what the track gives him. And that's one of the reasons he was able to win at Daytona, mm-hmm. you know, July a year ago, because he they, they did some gambling on fuel. I understand that. But he had to be there and be in position to get a win. So I think, you know, if he doesn't get a cup ride, or if I'm Justin Haley and the cup rides that are available aren't that good, you can easily get into one of those, one of those cup rides that are underfunded and disappear. So you're much better off to stay in with Colleague Racing. Uh, and, and the other thing with, with, with what Colleague Racing, they've established themselves from a reputation standpoint as a team that can, every time they show up at the racetrack, they're in contention to win. Absolutely. So if you're one of those rising stars in the, in the truck series and you're willing to move, you're wanting to move to Xfinity, that's where I would be dialing the number at Colleague Racing. Say, so, hey, you guys, everybody you put in these trucks or your cars, you know, Amendinger's a veteran coming over from road racing and IndyCar or whatever, and he's won. But, but you know, these guys, you know, Chastain, you know, Haley, these guys are have won and they're run up front. So um, I want to be, a, I want to grow in with Colleague Racing. So they shouldn't have any 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 uh, shortage of phone calls being made to them. Yeah, and on top of that, you're going to a team where you're never going to have to worry about finding your own sponsorship. Right. Matt right. Colleague is the main sponsor on all of those cars. So uh, that's exactly something I was going to touch on. Is you know for for the holes that we might see um, at the end of this season, it opens up some awesome potential for one of these guys or a truck guy or maybe it's an Xfinity guy that's only yeah. sharing a ride right now or running part-time I think um sure. there's some Chevy drivers out there that are looking for a full-time ride I know uh it could be really cool to see one of them in, in would, one of those cars be, but but again we don't even know Justin could resign for next year Ross could come could come back and run some Xfinity and so could AJ so um a lot of potential but I think that that discussion that you that you touched on about Justin moving up to the cup series. Justin is just an example of a number of guys right now in the Xfinity series that are, that are weighing the pros and cons there of the rides available in the cup series. Do I take that jump too soon to get myself to the highest level right. and maybe risk not finding the success there and, and, and falling back into the pack and, and not, and not being seen for the talent that I have, or do I stay in the Xfinity series and hopefully make, you know, get my shot over the next few years, maybe win a championship and then get a better ride with cup. I don't know. I've never been a driver. That's a really tough decision. I'm sure one would have to make, but I think we're going to see that coming up a lot with some of these big name Xfinity series guys in the next few seasons. You know, and the question is always the question for 20 years has been, do I, am I better to be in cup and run in the back of the pack or am I better to be in Xfinity or the Bush series or nationwide series and be running the top five leading and having a chance to win. Um, And because when you're running in the back of the pack, a lot of these cup races, even us back in the ESPN days, when we started covering racing, we covered all 43 cars and we would do a through the field. We would stop and show every car running and tell a little story. And I love that because people in the back, people running 20th and 25th and 32nd have sponsors mm-hmm. and they have fans and they have families. Yeah. So you want to tell those stories. And then in the last few years of ESPN, our bosses said, well, focus groups want us to cover the leaders. And I say, well, that's great, but there's more people out there that are race fans than just those, those focus groups. Well, suddenly we began covering the top 10 and, and, People would come to us and say, how do you, Dr. Punch, why can't you guys talk about us? And one of my analysts would say, well, you got to be in the top 10 for us, really, because that's what they want to, it's what our mm-hmm. bosses want to cover. And it's sort of been that way with the networks now, although there's one network that does, I think, a nice job of going back through the field and, and picking up a lot of these guys and telling stories. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you're right. If you're in the back of the field in a cup car, I'm not sure you're going to, and that's not, you know, you get that reputation of, of being in the back. How many, we had two, two legendary NASCAR drivers who at the end of their career struggled to qualify. So they started 43rd. They were taking champions provisionals and the perception was that they weren't very good. And now people forget that they were the best of the best and they were incredible drivers mm -hmm. and champions. Um, but, 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 the, but then the perception was because they were at the back of the field. So do you want that or do you want to stay in Xfinity until you know you can get, or you move up with the colleague racing to, to a full-time, mm -hmm. they get, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the colleague, maybe he gets sponsorship. People say, hey, I want to sponsor that team. That guy's been funding it himself. But if yeah. they put a little money in it, we could build this thing, build a successful Xfinity program into a successful cup program with the right people at the right time. Uh, you know, so, you know, I don't know. I, I, I tend to believe that, you know, stay where you can run up front, have fun, be a competitor, be relevant, um, as opposed to just showing up and, and being someone that they mention as, as the leader goes by on a cup race on a Sunday. I just love that we can have these conversations and I, I just, I know silly season is such a stressful time for obviously the people that are having to, to deal with the elements yeah. of silly season. But from a fan standpoint, um, I just love that, you know, this one move, this Ross Chastain taking over that ride, it's, it's just like a domino effect of what could happen from there. And there are still so many rides open or so, I don't want to say that so many potential changes we yeah. could see, um, that, that I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more shakeups before uh, we even get into the end of the season. So. I agree. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, all right. We're headed to Las Vegas. And as we've established, this is a very important track for a lot of playoff drivers because the next two tracks are absolutely wild. And if you can set yourself up nicely at Las Vegas and you don't have to, to worry as much at, at someplace like Talladega or Charlotte Roble, then that would be nice. But obviously only uh, one winner is going to come out of each of those races. So dad, what are we, uh, what are we going to see? Oh, you know what? Here's a better question. Bristol was not the slug fest. I thought it was going to be, if I'm being totally honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Is Las Vegas, is, are we just, is it just building? Are we just seeing pressure building and building and it's going to just explode at Vegas? Well, it, it would be, you know, Las Vegas is a very, fa very fast racetrack. And uh, it's under the lights uh, on the Sunday oh, night. Right. Remember, it's at night because of the heat out there right. and the temperatures, um, and the fact that you're going to get you're going to get better exposure at night out there. Uh, and so I, I think it's um, um, I, I think you're right. I think the, a lot of these teams, all of these a lot of these uh, crew teams are thinking, let's go to Vegas and let's pack some points. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, let's not gamble. Let's not be foolish. On you know unless we really feel good that we can make something happen on fuel mileage, let's get out here and let's stay out of trouble. Um, and, um, so, uh, and then, then there are people who are, who are just outside, uh, the, the, the top eight in points that would move on and say, okay, we got to make something happen. So, uh, I, I look at, I look for Kyle Bush. I look for Martin Truex Jr. Uh, to be a, be a, a strong factor there. Uh, both, um, both the Penske cars, but I mean, I mean, Brad Kozlowski is really smart and so is Joey Logano. And uh, if they can get a good top five finish there you know, without gambling too much to win, they're going to do that. You want to go into, you want to go into Talladega and the Roval knowing you're, you're, you're good in points. Uh, but if you look from eighth on down in the point standings, I mean, there's like one point and they're tied. There's a tie mm -hmm. for, there's a tie for, you know, for in two different positions down there. I think, uh, uh, you know, Eric Almarola and Austin Dillon are tied eighth and ninth. Yeah. I think, you know, there's a tie. I think Kyle Busch and Clint Boyer are tied. So there's just one point separating those spots. So a couple of points can be a big difference between being, being eighth or being 11th uh, oh, yeah. in terms of being able to move on. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was just looking at this. I didn't even realize how tight that is. I mean, that is wild. And I love that That it's like we talked last week. I love that we're looking at Austin Dillon being tied there yeah. at oh, eight. Yeah. You know, I mean, that is a that's a, a sleeper, for a lack of a better word, there uh, yeah. in, in in the playoffs. And um, how exciting is that? And, and a guy like Alex Bowman up there at seventh. I mean, oh, yeah. I yeah. think that uh, – but all that to say, you've got names like Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch, and Eric Almarola sitting down there below them. So um, – there is so much that could change in these next uh, few races, especially because if you, I think if it's really not about running super well at, at a Talladega or, or a Roval, but I really think it's just not having a really bad day. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think that's what happened when we went into the, 
went into the chase or the playoff mode is uh, a good finish doesn't help you as much as a bad finish hurts you. Right. That's and you cannot ill afford a finish of 25th in the playoffs. If you finish 10th or 11th, you can overcome that. Mm-hmm. If you finish 25th in one of these three races, it's a hard because, because of the level of competition and the points being so close, you suddenly, um, you know, prime example of that is, is, is how, how, Brian Blaney, you know, started out with, you know, in the first race of the, of the playoffs, you know, if you can't, you know, having to start at the back of the field and, th- you know, you start, you know, with, with that against you, it's hard to climb up against this level of competition. You just can't do it. I was actually going to ask you if you were uh, surprised at all by any of the drivers that were eliminated in the first round, drivers like Ryan Blaney and uh, William Byron, Matt Benedetto was also eliminated in that first round, and then um, Cole Custer. So I think obviously Cole Custer being a rookie yeah, and Matt Benedetto yeah. being a first-time playoff driver with a first year with Wood right. Brothers, um, wouldn't say those are two big shocks of elimination, but um, Blaney and Byron, thoughts? Well, you know, Blaney, I thought Blaney would, I thought Blaney would really be, be there until probably at least through the round of 12, maybe the round of eight. I think the way they started, started the playoffs, uh, you know, I just think that, you know, the crew chief driver combination, there's a good one. I like the, I like the leadership they've got with that team uh, from a crew chief standpoint. I, I just thought they would, but you get behind the eight ball and who knows, I mean, you know, things you can't, it's hard to make that up, start dead last, you know, uh, and uh, you have a uh, have a, 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 a um, inspection violation from you know mm, put mm-hmm. them in the back of the you just can't do that um, and and Al, you know as far as William Byron uh, made a mistake he made a mistake and uh, you can't help if someone hits the brakes in front of you on the straightaway at Bristol you run in the back of them but it happened uh, and uh, you know and I promise you that the next in years to come. Uh, he that won't happen because you know and not that it was his fault but but you know as as I'm sure probably uh, Chad Canals told him you're you're you know you're the only one in the car you you have the pedals you have the brakes and you're watching but someone jumps on the on the brakes in front of you and you hit them um, and 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 in in his defense you're looking you're not looking at what's in front of you Russell you're looking out the window at what's happening in turn two because that's how fast things are going to happen in front of you and someone hits the brakes you hit them you're done so. I guess maybe no, I wasn't surprised. Um, but, you know, and, I'm, and I, I guess maybe the big surprise for me, uh, the pleasant surprise was, was uh, Austin Dillon having uh, two top five finishes in the first three races, finishing second and fourth, um, you know, and how well they ran. And, uh, and, then, and then seeing Clint Boyer still there. Uh, mm-hmm. and, I, and, and the other surprise was I thought Kyle Busch would have won one of these three races, especially at Bristol. But, hey, you know what? I don't think he's going to be eliminated. I do not think that's going to happen. But, you know, he, he's also got to, you know, he's got to get, get out of the doldrums and, you know, get, get his chin up and his head up and say, okay, hey, I'm Kyle Busch. I can get this done and, uh, and, go, and go to maybe win one at his home track in Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. I was going to say, you, you, have, you have a lot more confidence in Kyle Busch than Kyle Busch has in Kyle Busch right now, which is I believe in people. I, that's, that's right, yeah. I believe in people, too. I have confidence. You know, Dad, here, okay, fine. Fine. It's time for me to say it. I have gone all season long. I say all season, all, all season since we've come back from COVID uh, chatting with you. And I've said, I don't know if Kyle's going to get a win this year. And you've said every week he's going to get a win. He's going to get a win. And I've been like, all right, dad, whatever you say. All right. I'm going back on my word. I'm, 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 I'm ready to, to say I might've been wrong. And I firmly believe Kyle Bush is going to get a win this year. I, yeah. <clears throat> I don't see how it, it is possible for him to go the rest of the season without picking up a win at one of these playoff tracks. And especially given everything yeah. that's going on with him and what we just talked about, this guy wants to win more than anything. And he's as frustrated as, as he's been in the years. I mean, yeah, all the cards are aligning for Kyle Busch to go out there and just light that track on fire. Well, I mean, and, and as we sit here today and we basically, we're getting ready to start the round of 12 and so a lot of racing left to go. Um, but um uh, you know, you, you look at the guys that have been the, been the odds on favorites at Harvick, ninth win of the year, you know, and he won two of the three in round one of the playoffs. Um, Hamlin, uh, Brad Kozlowski, how, wow, how good has he been and how good is that car, that short track car at Richmond that they're going to save and cover up and mm-hmm. dust off and, and take the Phoenix. So uh, so those three guys right there, I know they're the top three in points, but those three guys right there are the ones that you say, if you think are going to be there in the final four, at least one spot. Who gets in that final spot? Um you know, I tend to think it's a, you know, I tend to think it's a, it's a Toyota. And I think it, you know, is it, is it Martin Truex Jr.? Is it Kyle Busch? Um, 
you know, could there be a surprise? Uh, could someone jump in there that just really surprises, um, you know, an Eric Almarola? And, and that surprise would come, I realize he's not a Toyota, by the way. Uh, that surprise would come from somebody winning a race, somebody winning mm. a race to get in there. So mm -hmm. um, you just never know, you know, you know Clint Boyer, who, who's that fourth one coming in there? Kurt Busch, you know, they haven't made a lot of no a noise, but you know what? Um, you know, that, you know, you never know. You just never know. So um, that's interesting. We haven't mentioned Chase Elliott either, by the way, the Chevy, the, the top Chevy, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, we're in around the 12. There's four Fords, four Chevys, and three Toyotas. And, uh, and pretty even playing field there. Pretty close. Yeah. I mean, manufacturing, you talk about parody in NASCAR, it's, it's, it's like parody in college football, except we don't see much of that because there's all these conferences are, are top heavy. The ACC in particular with somebody, some Clemson Tigers are just, you know. The worst. Give me a break. Come oh. on, Dabo. Give somebody some players. Thank God they have a bye week this week. You know what I mean? Jeez. Get a bad quarterback yeah. every now and then, will you, Dabo? We need some time to get past that <laughs> Citadel game. But. Okay, yeah. All right, you know what? Let's just get in. Let's talk college football right. while we're at it because okay. uh, I'm tired of waiting. SEC football is back this weekend, you guys. I mean, I'm sure you're tired of waiting, too, if you're an SEC fan. Yeah. but. The good news is, is that it is back officially and ready to go. Early in the day, Kentucky at Auburn, uh, you know, that's that's the one everyone says, you know, Auburn's favored uh, by, by, by a touchdown. I don't see how. I mean, Auburn's playing at home. Uh, and uh, but 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 Kentucky, Mark Stoops may be the most underrated, underappreciated mm -hmm. coach in the SEC. And what he and Eddie Grand did, his offensive coordinator, I know them both pretty well. Uh, last year they took a they took a wide receiver and moved him to quarterback and won seven games in the SEC. Won seven wow. won seven games and went to a bowl game. So I think Mark Stoops, they have the they have probably. Uh, everyone, and I agree, I think the Kentucky offensive and defensive fronts are bigger and more physical than what Auburn has this year. Auburn's good at linebacker. Kevin Steele's defense is phenomenal, linebacker and secondary. But I think Kentucky's going to push Auburn around. The big question is going to be, is uh, is Auburn's new offensive coordinator, a guy named Chad Morris, who was the head coach for a year and a half. They gave him a whole year and a half to get to get, it, get his <laughs> at Arkansas. That's not fair, but that's a whole different conversation. But Chad Morris was at Clemson. Mm -hmm. And before being at SMU, so that guy knows offense. So you know the question is, can he? Now his offensive philosophy is different than what Gus Malzahn has run. So which one wins? Malzahn's a head coach. He likes the he likes the sweeps and some of the um, sprint. You know, whereas whereas Chad Morris is more of a spread them out kind of guy, like Clemson runs. So that's going to be a great ball game. I, I think Kentucky can pull off uh, can pull off the upset, although it's down on the plains in Auburn. I, going back to what you said about Chad Morris, though, I. I, I laughed when you said that about Arkansas because obviously being a Clemson alum and, and getting to see Chad Morris in, in action there while right, I was a right. student, um, he is just phenomenal. I mean, that man, the brain that he has for football is, is truly so impressive. And I am so excited to see what he does at Auburn because the fact that Arkansas, you know, passed him up in the way that, that they did has now given Alabama, or excuse me, Auburn, an offensive coordinator that has the mind of an offensive coordinator in the most recent experience of a head coach. Yep. That is the most lethal combination that you can come up with uh, for a guy that has already has so much talent and has yeah. proved that with a team like Clemson. I think this is the underappreciated game because uh, Gus Malzahn, even though he wins games every year and takes them to the major bowl games and wins, uh, is, is, is always on the hot seat for, for whatever reason. I can't figure that out. Uh, and uh, Chad Morris, who was way underappreciated, at Arkansas, given it a year and a half to try to turn that around. He's the new offensive coordinator. Mark Stoops, again, you know, holy cow, what, what he's done at Kentucky's. And, 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 and kudos to the athletic director and administration at Kentucky for hanging with Mark, letting him build that program, and now in, and Eddie Grant keeping that staff together. So I think that's, that's going to be a, a, a great matchup there is that, uh, that you know, uh, by the way, Kentucky's got their quarterback back that was mm -hmm. out last year who – who's sensational, and, and we'll see what he can do against a Kevin Steele defense there. So uh, that, that's a good one. You mentioned the LSU. That's what uh, I was going to say. And, and, you know, Mike Leach, uh, <laughs> the new coach of Mississippi State. Mike likes to talk pirates. He likes to talk uh, um, insurgent warfare. Mike likes to talk. Yeah, he, he, you know, he'll talk about what would happen if the mascots were, in were, were to go into oh, a mascot a battle. Um, occasionally he'll talk college football, but Mike Leach likes to throw the football. So the the average the over and under is sixty five times he thinks Mike Leach will throw the football, uh, you know, cow. and you know it's he's the air raid guy. I mean he's the guy that uh, that that you know. So uh, can you go to LSU and and throw it sixty five times? Will that will that 
will that work in the SEC? Now, Mike Leach was an assistant years ago at Kentucky, uh, but, I mean, it's it's a different SEC now. And I realize LSU's lost has 14 players in the say. NFL draft. 14 mm-hmm. in the NFL draft. Huge. They lost 19 players. They've had some opt-outs. So, um, you know, with all those people missing or gone, it's not the same LSU team you saw a year ago, but they are still loaded with – they got guys. They got players. And, uh, and they got a coach. Uh, that, that I love. You know, if Gumbo could talk, it would sound like Ed Orgeron. You know, rah, 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 rah. you know, I, I love that guy. That guy's so much fun to be around. So, um, anyway, um, I want to be in the uh, team coaches discussion between Ed Orgeron and Mike Leach. I mean, that is truly the the personalities in the SEC right now. I'm yeah. getting a little bit off topic from from actual competition, but you've got Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach and Ed Orgeron, and and then obviously you've got you know your yeah. your Saban and everyone, but Man, that is that is a fun group over there. And when we're looking at the season that we're looking at with a full SEC schedule, 10 games, uh, I have a feeling we're going to yeah. get to see some personality come out. I, I heard a CBS announcer say today that suddenly the state of Mississippi has become interesting. Uh, but but I, I, th- I think it's – I always love going to Mississippi. But the lane train, okay, Lane Kiffin going uh, – got two quarterbacks. I think he's going to go with a drop-back passer, although uh, Plumlee – is is as fun to watch and great runner uh and he's a weapon so i think i think you'll have them both on the field and kyle trask and the florida gators come to town and kyle and florida's considered you know getting a lot of love early in the year about maybe being one of the heavyweights in the sec maybe a, a sleeper to win it all um don't sleep on lane kiffin uh in terms of of what that offense can do now can can old miss stop anybody i don't know but i think they'll score some points um there um and uh, in, in the game that's close to where we are, Tennessee at South Carolina, uh, you know, Jeremy Pruitt's volunteers coming off a six-game win streak. Lots of people excited about what the Vols can do. Finally got a senior quarterback in Jarrett Garantano. Um, uh, first time Garantano has had, had the same offensive coordinator two years in a row, so that, that helps a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, South Carolina, Will Muschamp, yeah. uh, great coach, great defensive mind. Uh, backs against the wall a little bit because his coach, you know, mm-hmm. he's maybe coaching for his job. A lot of people say if they don't get it done this year and win five games, coaching for his yeah. Job. Yeah. you know, and he, he brings in Mike Bobo, uh, who was the head coach of Colorado State, played at Georgia, was an offensive coordinator at Georgia. And here's the other thing, Bobo, uh, the word on the street was that Bobo, they wanted him at Georgia. They wanted him to come to Georgia as the offensive coordinator, and he chose South Carolina. Now, one of Bobo's former player players and friends said uh, this week on the radio that, Bobo doesn't forget the fact that even though Georgia was scoring 40 points a game when he was a coordinator there, when he was calling plays there, rather, um, as a quarterback coach, uh, people were still not happy with it. People, they, they just they just wouldn't cut him any slack. So uh, he decides to go to South Carolina. And the fact he could bring Colin Hill, his quarterback, from Colorado State. So Colin Hill is going to start against Tennessee, six foot four, six five, strong arm, drop back passer, uh, very accurate passer. That could, be a, that could be tough for Tennessee's secondary. Mike Bobo. Uh, calling the plays, offensive coordinator, uh, Jeremy, Will Muschamp with his uh, back against the wall, playing Tennessee, and the line is three points. That that game is, I think, six of the last seven have been decided by three points or less, so that's a really going to be a close game uh, later on Saturday night on the SEC Network. And this week, because he, the downside of college football is this week we have had some cancellations. That's right. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that because of COVID, and it's unfortunate that some mm-hmm. of the teams we wanted to see play aren't going to be able to play. Yeah, unfortunately, one of those cancellations coming in the ACC with Notre Dame canceling uh, their game against Wake Forest. Another game that's still hanging in the balance as of our, our recording today uh, that people are speculating might be canceled will be uh, NC State Virginia Tech because right. Justin Fuente in a press conference had such the body language was like, oh, I don't know if we're going to have enough people to play. I don't know if that's coach speak. Uh, you know, um, you know. Remember when Lou Holtz would do those press conferences with Notre Dame? Said, I'm not sure. Maybe we can beat Navy. <laughs> Navy's really. Are you kidding me? You're number two in the country with Notre Dame. But I mean, that's sort of what coach speak is. And I love Lou, by the way. But you know, Justin Fuente was, I guess, obviously very concerned because you don't know uh, how many players tested positive. And then there's that and that four letter word everyone hates is that contact tracing, which means those people who are in contact less than six feet for 15 minutes or more. Uh, will have to sit out 14 days, um, mm-hmm. and that's the ugly part. So you can lose a lot of players very quickly. And the question was, is that Virginia Tech game 
uh, against NC State going to be going to be postponed or called off. So we'll see. I love that it is Thursday and there's still potential for games to be uh, yeah. shifted around this weekend because that's the nature of the world we're living in. But hey, it adds a whole another element of excitement to the college football season. But kudos to all you college football administrators and presidents, athletic yeah. directors, coaches, players, and families that are just trying to find a way to make it work to be able to get get games played. And so in spite of the games that aren't going to be played or may not be played, there's still a lot of great college football on. Um, and we even got better news this week that the Big Ten is finally used to be called the Big Win. Now it's the Big Ten <laughs> because they are they have decided to play. The Someone, big a bit behind yeah, the game, yeah, but that's exactly. all right. They, they are, they're a little bit behind. But then again, uh, they finally got in a room. And I, I think there were a lot of concessions when they got in that room. In fact, one of them being a player, if it tests positive, you're out 21 days. I don't get that. But uh, they are going to play end of October. Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure why he would choose the, the, the week that flu season starts to get back into play college football, but that's okay. They're back. Uh, you know, the giant killers called the Sun Belt, they're still playing. Wow, what a year they've had so far. And we're, we're about a month away from the Big Ten. So playoffs continuing in NASCAR, exciting weekend ahead, ahead uh, at uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Uh, college football, so much uh, excitement. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Rolling with the Punches, yep. right? Episode 20 in the books. And as always, you guys, please, please, please follow us on Instagram and <laughs> like us on YouTube if you like to see our smiling faces every week. Um, I am on Instagram and on Twitter at jpunch15. He is on Twitter at DocPunchESPN, and the Roland account on Instagram is Roland.Punches. Um, please, you can catch us everywhere we that you listen to podcasts, so tune in each week. And as always, Mom, thank you for listening. We love you, and <laughs> yeah, I hope to you. see you soon. Okay. Love so with sweet. that, I love you too, Dad. We'll chat next week.